In the ancient world, there were children on the hills. Children who could not be cared for by their families, whether because of financial burden, sickness, or disability, or simply because she was a girl at a time when girls were not valued. Families had the option of taking their child to the hills. And when they got to the hillside, they would lay their child on the ground and walk away, knowing and intending that within minutes, hours, or days, this child would be a victim of the elements. There were children on the hills. This was not a rarity. This was not a scandal. In the ancient world, this was common, accepted, and expected. And then came Jesus. The church began sending search parties to head for the hills. These search parties would sweep through the hillside, looking for children who had been left behind. When they found one, they would bring them home and adopt them into their new family. kids in the foster care system. One in four cannot go home. That means there are 100,000 kids on the hillside. 100,000 kids are waiting for someone to come for them. 100,000 kids are waiting for a search party. We are that search party. It's time again. A movement is rising. There are children on the hills. Head for the hills. Well, good morning, New Hope Bram and those who are with us on our live stream as we continue in our series called Leaving a Legacy, a series that talks about the importance of investing and caring for our children and our youth. And you just saw this video clip from the Real Hope Project, a group of people who are pursuing and loving kids who are in the foster care system and who desire to be adopted into a forever family. And today, as we continue in our series, Leaving a Legacy, we want to talk about this whole idea of protecting those kids who don't have a home. You know, the first week we looked at the whole idea of Jesus saying, bring the little children unto me. The second week we looked at the whole idea of of how in Deuteronomy it talks about teach them, teach the little children, the youth, about me. And Jesus, in his word, 
as well speaks about how we are supposed to protect our kids as well and care for them. You know, in the Bible, there's a letter written by James, Jesus' brother. It is written to the Jewish Christians who were together at one time in Jerusalem, but due to following Jesus, they were persecuted. And then now they were scattered to many different cities, towns, and villages. He's writing them these instructions in how to live as Christ followers. You know, in this series, this importance of us pouring into children and youth, we're going to look at this morning and focus on how it is we are supposed to live with the whole idea of not just understanding, but also acting in how to protect kids, how to care for kids. James states to the early Christians in James chapter 1, verse 27, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. I'd like us to read this scripture together. Let's read it together. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. You know, our religion, which by definition is our system of faith and worship, should re be reflected in our daily living. People around us should see it in our daily living. This is why earlier in James chapter 1, verse 22, James states, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. William Barclay, in his commentary on this, states, All through history, men have tried to make ritual and liturgy a substitute for sacrifice and service. They have made religion splendid within the church at the expense of neglecting it outside of the church. Barclay isn't saying that it is wrong to seek to offer splendid worship within God's church, within his house of worship, but he is saying that all such worship is empty and useless unless it sends a man and a woman out to love God by loving and serving others. So in verse 27, which we read together, James states the greatest deed or act of religion or worship is to care for the two most vulnerable people groups of their time and ours, orphans and widows. And today here at New Hope, we are focusing on orphans and the idea that we are called to protect them, to care for them. And so to learn more about this, I've invited Casey Stanley to be with us from the Real Hope Project, which is an agency that helps kids find adopted families. So Casey, thank you so much for being with us actually again. I think it's been a few years since yeah. you've been here. Mm -hmm. and that. But Casey, maybe you could just start out with talking about how did you even get involved in this whole idea of seeking adoptive families for kids who need a family? 
Yes, totally. Well, adoption has always been a part of my heart and something that I feel like God has God has put on my heart and just knowing that I am adopted as a daughter of God through Jesus. And so that was just part of my identity and understanding growing up. But real hope really came from this experience that my husband Pete and I had uh, when we were first married, before we had kids, we noticed this trend where when we would tell people that we wanted to adopt kids, almost always the response we would get would be like, oh, that's great. Do it. Yeah. And like tons of support and enthusiasm. And we loved that. That's a beautiful reaction. But we found that if we were to add three magic words to the end of that statement, we would sometimes get a pretty different reaction and those three magic words are from foster care and when we would tell people that we wanted to adopt kids from foster care we would get a lot more like "Ooh, are you sure about that and do you know the stories about those kids and do you know what those kids are like and have you done your research and obviously that reaction comes from a place of love and people want to know that we know what we're getting into um but the truth is that that broke our hearts that that would be the way that anybody let alone the church would respond to kids who need families. And so we started dreaming and praying about like, how do we help to change the narrative, especially within the church around adoption from foster care? We know followers of Jesus have a huge heart for adoption. We send missions trips to orphanages overseas and we do compassion child sponsorships and like beautiful things. It's not that we don't care about kids in foster care. It's just that when we think orphan, that's not that's usually not the narrative in our head. And so I started dreaming about what we could do. And eventually we were inspired by what we saw happening in other states. And so other states start doing videos of kids who needed families. And we were like, we could do that. We have the people to get that started. And so we did. And it's been amazing. So have you seen that trend change a little bit as far as people's perspective of adopting out of foster care or a, a child who isn't an infant. I think that's yes. when, when you said, yes. oh, we're going we're gonna to adopt, and they're thinking, oh, a baby. Yes. And, right? And, and that seems to be the, the safest route to go or whatever. So yes. How do you feel like you're changing that narrative? Is it, is it taking place? Yes, it's been beautiful. We speak at different churches every Sunday. New Hope was one of the early churches that brought us in when we were first getting started. And so we've really seen, in Minnesota, the numbers have changed. The, the, it used to be that foster care adoptions were way down here, and now that's like the most common type of adoption in, in Minnesota. So like the, the numbers are starting to shift, but at the same time, it's a rotating door of new kids always coming into the system. And so what's crazy about Minnesota is that there are about 4,000 churches in the state of Minnesota and about 1,000 kids who need to be adopted in our state. So we don't need every family to adopt, you know? We need one family in every four churches to adopt a kid and every kid in our state will have a forever family, which is pretty doable. So just do the math, right? Just do the math. (laughs) Wow. So you talked about, you know, Real Hope's mission and that. What, uh, from your position and what you've experienced out there, what are you seeing the biggest challenges with children today and and their their lives and especially in the foster care system and, and the adoption system. Yeah, yeah. So the Real Hope Project's mission is a forever family for every child. And we know that like family is so foundational, so central to to everything that when that sacred need is not met in the life of a kid, uh, bad things happen. The statistics show that really, really bad things happen. And so we realized walking, we do- adopted our son a few years ago and we realized walking through this that it is scary. It, of course it's scary to commit to a kid that you don't know for the rest of your life, but it's a lot less scary for us as the grown-ups than it is for these kids who have lost literally everything and everyone that they love. And it's, a, and it's also a lot less scary than what happens when kids don't get adopted out of mm. foster care. So it's estimated that up to 80% of people in our prison systems in the United States have one thing in common, they were once in foster care. 80% of women who are sex trafficked in the United States have one thing in common, 
they were once in foster care. 20% of kids who age out of foster care without being adopted become immediately homeless the day after they turn 18. Two-thirds of the girls who age out of foster care without being adopted will be pregnant by the time they're 21, and two-thirds of those babies will end up right back in foster care. So we just see that, man, we as the church, like we as the people of God can address so many issues if kids in our communities have Jesus and family. And if kids have Jesus and family, we can make a pretty big impact on incarceration rates, sex trafficking, homelessness, teen pregnancy, all of it. But healing for these kids begins with Jesus and family. Right. And it's, it's not just this picture of like, hey, we just want them to not do these things or experience these things. But mm-hmm. ultimately, man, we just want them to know the love of Christ and to have relationship with him and, and to know what, uh, you know, mercy and love and forgiveness and peace and security is yes. all about and to, to be able to, uh, you know, make good decisions for yeah. them their marriage and their kids then and, and to have this new legacy begin, right? Amen. Amen. In their lives. Amen. And one of the things that we always try to say is that we believe healing begins for these kids with Jesus and family. That's where it begins. That's the foundation. That's not the end, though. These kids are going to need good counselors and good teachers and good friend groups and good coaches and a community of people to come around them. Um, we always say, like, just what, what, what we always clarify that what we're not saying is that if your family loves Jesus, then you can bring a kid who's been through significant trauma into your home. And as soon as they walk through the, the door, they're just like, be a little angel. <laughs> it's like, probably not. Without a miracle, probably not. And these kids have been through more pain in their short little lives than, than most of us can really even wrap our heads around. And they will be difficult at times. You know, these kids will be challenging at times, but so are we. And God adopted us anyway. You know, like, let's not think for one second that our adoption as sons and daughters of God came without challenges. Our adoption came through blood. Our adoption came through sacrifice, and and our God says we are worth it. Well, well, those are incredible great words Mm. uh, for us to remember and to to look at Mm. and and seek there. And so, in your mission Mm -hmm. with Real Hope, uh, what are you seeing within the churches? You know, are you, are you seeing churches becoming more open mm-hmm. to your mission? Or have it's been more of a uh, uphill climb than you thought maybe it would be? Yeah. You know, what, what's the pulse of the church today? Or yes. the Christ followers today? For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's actually been so encouraging to me because we have seen that, that, like I said, it's not that the church doesn't care about kids in foster care. It's just not what we think of when we think of kids who need families. And so when we've been able to highlight these specific kids and show these kids to the church, like people are responding. So since we, start, we started almost five years ago now, and we've made reels now for almost 250 kids in Minnesota who are waiting to be adopted, and we've seen about half of those kids so far get matched with forever families. We also know that we've connected we've connected over 600 families to adoption agencies and counties to like learn more and start the adoption process. So it's been this cool thing where we highlight a kid and sometimes once in a while, a family at a church falls in love with that kid. They start the adoption process. They adopt that kid. It's like beautiful and clean. And there you go. What happens probably more of the time is that a kid sees a reel and they fall in love with, you know, Timmy, whoever it is, and they start the adoption process. And by the time they're licensed, Timmy gets adopted by another family. But then that family knows like a God used Timmy to bring us into this process. So God has another kid for us somewhere. And so that family then ends up adopting a kid who now we never have to make a reel for because there's already families that are that are saying yes. So that's been a really cool kind of like unintended. That's not what our vision was when we first started, but it's cool to see how the Holy Spirit has strategies that we don't even, never even conceive of. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, 
God is for us, right? Not against us. And he's going to help us get to where we need to go in this whole area of Amen. Uh, having kids within homes yeah. uh, that need forever families. Yeah. That's so critical, so important. So share a little bit more about who do you work with? I mean, you don't handle all the adoptions mm -hmm. and all right. that. You're sort of a conduit for kids to uh, agencies, to families, correct? Yep, exactly. So our mission is really to be a bridge between church and state. So all we do is make videos of kids and highlight them in front of the church. Like that's our whole thing. So we're not doing home studies or placing kids and families. We, we have no say in any of the adoption process, but we are every week just today. I was on a video shoot in Onamia, Minnesota. And, um, and tomorrow we'll be in Rochester. We're all over the state making these videos of kids. And then we travel the state to share these kids. So we partner with a ton of private agencies, Lutheran Social Services, Bethany Christian Services, all these different agencies, 87 different counties in the state of Minnesota. So we're navigating 87 different foster care county systems. Um, and then we've partnered with over 100 churches now to share these kids and, and get people moving. Awesome. No, I think that's great. So could you give the people of New Hope here maybe, you know, two or three key examples of how New Hopers here today could partner with your organization yes. to to protect kids, to uh, care for kids, to help move kids to a forever family. Yes, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, a couple of things. We always say adopt, swim upstream, or give. So number one, adopt. Go on our website, meet some kids, watch some reels, and just see if God stirs anything in your heart. And sometimes there's a kid that just feels like there's something there and we want to explore what the Holy Spirit is doing. So number one, adopt. Secondly, uh, swim upstream. So we know that not every family is called to adopt. Not every family is even just like in a place in life where that's doable right now. So one of the other huge needs in the system is for people to swim upstream to either be a foster family, a temporary place of healing for kids before they move on into an adoptive home or are reunited with birth families, consider being a foster family, or swim even further upstream to help prevent kids from going into foster care in the first place. We've got some partner ministries that work with birth moms who are struggling, birth families who are in crisis, whose kids are right on the edge of going into foster care mm -hmm. and they equip these families with support and church communities and people who will come around them and support them so that those kids never end up in the system needing a reel in the first place. So number one, adopt. Number two, swim upstream, which we can help you do and get you, get you connected with those ministries. And then lastly, give to support Real Hope. Everything we do costs money. We travel around the state to make these reels. We travel around the state to share them. And we can only do that because of the generosity of people like you and churches like this one. So consider becoming a monthly gift or a one-time giver goes a long way in helping us to get to these kids and share more stories and find more families. Great information. <laughs> and I mean, super inspiring and uh, brings hope, I think, to mm -hmm. what we see in our world around us and that Christ followers like yourself and your husband and your team are pursuing this and are passionate about it. Yeah, It's what Jesus would love, right? And it is what he loves. Thank you. And so... I mean, when we talk about doing good in life, it's more about not just talking about it, but it's actually about the realities of our faith and walking it out then in our real lives. Author Brennan Manning states this, The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what the unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. This quote goes back to the James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So, obviously, here at New Hope, we're not perfect people. 
But we must take seriously the comment James makes later in chapter 2, verse 22, when he says this, faith without works is dead. So if we claim to be Christ followers then, here at New Hope, we're going then to pursue what Jesus has called us to pursue. And he calls us to pursue and take care of those in our community, in our world, who are most vulnerable, orphans and widows. And today we're force, uh, focusing on that whole piece of children who need a forever family, those children who are in the foster care system, who need an adoptive home, they need really an adoptive church, right? <laughs> yep. uh, many people, like I talked about last week, every child and every youth needs seven positive adults in their life throughout their lifetime pouring into them. And that is who we want to be here at New Hope Community Church. So I challenge each one of us here at New Hope to take a next step in some way. And Casey gave us three opportunities, right, to be uh, adoptive family, to swim upstream, and they can help us do that, and then also just to be generous with our finances to keep this ministry going. So we would love for you to visit their table uh, after uh, the service here today, visit with the individual out there, get some more resources as well. In a moment, we're going to be showing a Real Hope uh, video of a child called Amber who would love to be adopted. Mm -hmm. And after that video, there's going to be a slide that'll come up with some text-in uh, information on there where you can communicate with Real Hope if you'd like to go that route and a, an opportunity to give as well mm -hmm. uh, to Real Hope as well. And so please take advantage of that. But let me pray, and then we are going to go into this video clip about Amber. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a God of incredible love. And Lord, that you have adopted us in your family. And you call us to go out and physically adopt those children who are within our state into our families. And so I pray that we would do this as your people, as the church. And statistically, from what Casey said, we can. And so I pray that you would move within New Hope Community Church for us to act in these three options that Casey gave us. And that we would be people who bring hope to our children and our youth of this community, of this county, Lord God, and of our state and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's watch this Real Hope Real about Amber. First started longboarding last summer. Just picked one up and then got on in and figured it out myself. I'm independent and I like to try things on my own. I'd say that I'm loyal. Got these vans from Journeys because lime green is one of my favorite colors. I am a dog person. I like big dogs. If I had a dream dog, it would be a pit bull because they're one of the world's most misunderstood dogs. 
My dream job is to work at this one rescue shelter in New Orleans. I could live anywhere in the world. I would live in Jamaica. And mostly like Mexican food. My favorite Mexican food is probably enchiladas. I'm Amber, I'm 13, and this is Maria.